Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? It's your man Gerard Bonner from Bonnerfied Radio, and we are back with another episode of On Course with Hart Ramsey, where we're spending some time with Pastor Hart Ramsey in a segment we call Heart to Heart. This is where we actually talk to Pastor Hart Ramsey, find out what's on his heart as it as it's downloaded to your heart. What amazing podcast we have had. Pastor Hart, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Doing well. Good. So on our last one, we talked about a couple of things surrounding love and singlehood and dating. So if you guys missed that, you got to go back and check that out because that's going to lead us into this. One of the things that you talked about was this issue of attraction around the idea that uh, sometimes, well, first of all, it is very possible for you to be attracted to more than one person. And how often we are not necessarily attracted to people, but qualities. Would you expound on that for a bit? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, we, we don't realize it, but as we're going through life, there's certain things that we are uh, taking note of. Right. And, and so we, you'll find those qualities in multiple people. And, and uh, one of the things that you have to settle, I think it, uh, when people don't know that, they, they they judge themselves for being. They're like, oh my God, what kind of person are you? How can you, uh, how can you even admire your your date's friend? Right. <laughs> you right. know, and you think, oh, you, I must be this this Jezebel. This, <laughs> right. but, but really, what it is is there's certain qualities about people you like, and so you go to you go to a movie, and if you ask a woman, for example, to to tell you her five top ten. Um, stars that are male, mm-hmm. she would immediately, she already knows. Right. She'll start um, just spouting out names. And when you ask her, if you will get down to the root of it, you, what you'll find is she's attracted to certain qualities in each one of them. Wow. And att- that's the way attraction works. And so, um, unfortunately, in church, we don't talk a lot about attraction because um, we treat it like it's it's uh, it's something ugly. Mm-hmm. But, but 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 being attracted to someone it just just means that you have the power of of observation. You you're looking at certain things and you either like or you dislike. You you be, you're drawn to or you're driven from. This is a, this is a critical part of of our humanity. Is is that we we have these attractions. Mm-hmm. Now I think the mature person has to learn how to manage the attraction. Right. You 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 can't. I mean, you can't let your attractions. Or, or, drag, or lead you around or drag you around. You have to be careful to to um to realize that I'm attracted to the quality and not the person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so a good thing, a good thing to a good exercise is just to um say to yourself, for example, what I like about this person is blank. Okay. Okay. Um and and um you know when I when I first met my wife um. um my whole heart towards her was is that she's a, she has a beautiful kindness about her on the inside. Now she's beautiful. She's a pretty girl, mm-hmm. but but 
she has this inner quality about it. It's a kindness. It's just it's, it's endearing to me. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Um, um, and you have to be careful many times that you'll be attracted to the thing that has been lacking in your life. Right. It doesn't mean that that person is a person you need to be in a, in a, uh, a relationship with. It just simply means that you have to take note that that's missing from my life. That's good. Now, there's an 80-20 concept. The 80-20 concept works like this, is that... um. Um, like right now, the person that you, you're dating or married to has 80% of the, of the qualities you like. Maybe that's why you're drawn to them. Okay. But 20% of, the, of, of uh, that person is something you don't like. There's 20% missing. You will see that 20% be attracted to, the, to that 20% as someone else. Don't trade your 80 for a 20. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We tend to do that. And one person told me to say, well, it depends on how big the 20 is. No, the rule is never trade your 80 for a 20. That doesn't, right. that doesn't even make business sense. Right. It's just relation, relational sense. And so, uh, yeah, attraction is a big deal. And, and it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because – and let's go here. Because in the first uh, certainly year of marriage, and then mm-hmm. you could argue maybe in – after the first year of a relationship is when things kind of start to get a little testy right. and, and you can start to question that 80, 20 and seemingly the 20 seems more like the 80, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know? So, so, so how do, how are people able to look at this and assess it correctly? Wow. That's good. Um, and it's difficult. I think that's where, you know, there's some things that we do that, that we really need the Lord. And I think needing the Lord uh, in a situation like this, you, we do need the Lord. I'll yes. say it like this. Yes. You're, you're, we have to be aware, self-aware of where we are in life. Okay. And here's why. Because I may, this, let's say I'm, I'm coming to a relationship where I'm, I'm really sad. Maybe I had a loss in my family mm-hmm. or something. And, and I meet like this woman and she meets a guy that and she hadn't laughed in a long time. And this guy, he's, he's maybe may not be the best person, but he can make her laugh. Right. So she decides to, to mortgage her entire world and, and date and then marry this guy because he makes her laugh. But that's all he does is make her laugh. Wow. Okay. So, so we have to we have to be we have to be careful to, to to make sure that I didn't just connect with this person or I wasn't just attracted to this person because of where I was in life. Right. And then when I get to that part of life, I have no further need for them. Right. Now, what I'm doing is using people. Goodness. Mm. Okay. Now, um, there's so much we could say. <laughs> right. So, so, when searching for a potential mate, uh, we, we, we tend to screen all the would-be candidates by this unspoken list of qualities that are, that are personally important to us. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so, um, so we take things personally because we don't understand that people are searching for qualities, not really people. Wow. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say it like this. So, so um, let, let, a guy is dating... A, a young lady, and and um, and after a while of the dating going on, he just stops calling. Mm-hmm. She can't get in contact, and he just disappears. Some people don't know how to, how to break news like that, so they just disappear. Right, and then she feels now personally rejected. What she doesn't understand is he didn't reject her. He was looking for qualities 
that she doesn't have. And she can't beat herself up for not having the qualities. For example, if you're not tall, you can't you can't make yourself tall. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you if if you if, if there's certain people look for so many things and they're, they're so weird, the qualities that people look for, they're looking for certain qualities. Mm-hmm. OK. Um, and, and, and if you don't possess those qualities, then they, they, they need to move on to someone else. Right. That, that's a heavy thought, uh, and I'm, I'm just kind of letting that one marinate in my brain about the attraction to certain qualities and how it's possible that our attraction to people, you know, may not be the whole person. That's good. You know, um, for instance, uh, both men and women are moved sometimes, probably men more so than women, though women are as well, uh, moved by what they see physically. And yeah. um, and so women usually are moved more by qualities and emotions and things like that. So right. for for us guys, sometimes, you know, what we see visually can yeah. translate to, ooh, I like this person when maybe we just like what we see. That, well, you know, it's true. Men fall in love with their eyes and women fall in love with their ears. Mm. Um, you, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and here's another thing, too, that's important, Gerard, is that uh, – Sometimes what happens is a person will advertise that they have certain qualities right. during the dating season. And then when you get to know them, you find that those qualities are nowhere to be found. Right. And so what happens is the marriage suffers because you actually connected to the person for those qualities and then they're not there. Right. And we have to be careful not to not to um, use our discernment to discern what qualities a person is looking for and then try to portray that we do have those qualities. Ooh, kind of like looking for a job. Right. It's like like we, we, we're padding our resume. Don't we don't right. do that because it's, I'm, here's what I've learned. It's hard to, to keep up a, 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 this acting thing, yes, trying to be someone you're not. Just, you know, if you don't listen, you need so you want someone to choose you mm-hmm. because of who you are naturally and normally. This is who I am. Right. You know, if, if, if um, um, I have an accent. I was I was born and raised in, in the Caribbean, um, came to the United States. I'm, a, I'm an American citizen, came to the United States in, in 1979. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, uh, my accent has never left. I mean, I still got that little Virgin Islands um, accent, but it, it, has, it has served me well. It, it really, <laughs> I mean, it, it makes me sound a little bit more educated, a little bit more, you know, it depends. It depends on who you are. But what I'm saying is, is that it's a, it's, that's a normal, natural quality about me mm-hmm. i mean some people may consider it a deficit others think it's a benefit right i think people have to be settled on on who they are now let me let me say this about attractions also um some there's some uh women especially who are attracted gerard to to the bad boy thing oh my lord yeah, yeah. They, they, like, like they don't like nice guys mm-hmm. because and, and and i think it i think it comes from romanticizing um what love is they, they romanticize it guys are dramatic and women are 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 romantic mm. that's why in the sandbox a guy will, will, will make uh um he'd get two figures and make them shoot at each other we make noise pow pow you know make all these sounds we're dramatic but the women are romantic they have been talking to each other how are you doing today you know that right, kind of stuff. right. <laughs> and, and, and so we take that into real life and, yeah. and 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 we don't realize we're doing it the guy will dramatize things and and, and the woman will romanticize it wow in doing so 
um, she romanticizes the image of having this guy. He's masculine. He's macho. Uh, um, you know, he <laughs> he keeps his boots on at all times. The problem with that is, is you, if you keep being, if, if your attraction is from an unhealthy place, mm. it will always get you into bad relationships. Wow, that's good. We we are attracted. Many times, our attraction is an effort at self destruction. Say that again. Yeah, many mm. times our attraction is, a, is is us subconsciously trying to destroy ourselves. Wow. You know, and, and it's, it's so deep that that's a whole that's a whole thing for psychologists to talk about. But it's real. Where, where people we're attracted to things that are not good for us. Why are you always attracted to something that hurts you? Mm. And you look for those qualities. You notice you say, I keep, and you see women say, all guys are alike. They're not all alike sometimes it's how you're choosing right or what you're what you're working with many times I and mean, you you will catch the same kind of fish if you use the same bait that's right that's right and so so the, the attraction is is something that's in you and the way you fix that is you start dealing ask the lord to deal with what's in you mm-hmm. why am i attracted why in the whole room am i attracted to this one thing that's not good for me mm-hmm. I, I have a brother that's deceased and and one of the things that uh we will raise in, in basically the lap of luxury. I, my father was well-to-do growing up. Okay. And my brother de- um, developed this attraction to um, street things. And so one of the things that was interesting about him is whenever we would go to a, no- a new city, the first question my brother would ask is, where's the ghetto? Wow. I, and I would ask him, why do you want to know that? And he's like, that's, that's why I want to hang out. Well, fast for me, I want to know where's the business sector. Right, right. <laughs> you know, after I got saved, I want to know. I mean, what, where? I want to know how we could do business. He wanted to know where the ghetto was. Attracted to the wrong thing, and when it, when you take that and superimpose it on relationships, mm-hmm. it it makes for um a constant struggle with with being in the wrong situation, choosing the wrong partners. Always find yourself working through some emotional damage. That came from something you chose for yourself. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. Art Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. So I, I, I had my own epiphany. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I did uh, in thinking just about at what point in, in my journey I was, I was of clear head enough to, to make the, the choice to say, okay, God help. Right. You know? Um, and so I, 
I wonder, and, and I ask this question, because here's, here's the challenge. The challenge is we have in church in general kind of kept, you know, we talk about the separation of church and state. Well, we've also separated church and relationships. It's kind of like, okay, Jesus and prayer and all that stuff is over there, but then your relationship is over there. And right. so what ends up happening is, you know, when you tell somebody uh, I'm praying about my mate or I'm praying, that's often deemed as, quote unquote, over spiritual, super spiritual. And truth be told, sometimes when they say they're praying about it, they're not really even sure what they're praying about. So how, how do you get a person to a point where they can have a clear enough head to be able to say, I need to see me, I need to see people and I need to see what I'm really attracted to? Hmm, that's a good question. But I think um, the, the word that comes to mind is balance. And I, I use the word balance so um, loosely because sometimes what we call balance is nothing but compromise right. or, 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 you know, a spiritual mixture that's not appropriate. But mm-hmm. the balance is, is that especially let's let's take the church scenario. Mm-hmm. You, you come to church. I think it's important to define things, to define, say what they are. Right. I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, for example, <laughs> this is, uh, there's a youth, not youth group, but a singles group that they used to call the meat market. The meat that, market? Listen, that, that, that's what, that is what the, the people in the group called it. Now, of course, the church didn't call it that, but I was a part of a church and, and, um, and they would call, they call a singles group the meat market. That's what, the, that was a little name that the, the singles gave to it. Wow. And I said, why do we call it that? I said, and I said, they said, because. We thought it, we were having a meeting place, M E E T, but it became a meat place, M E A T. And I'm like, oh, they said because because while the, the singles ministry was supposed to be designed for their spiritual edification, for them to grow and come to know the Lord better, the, the, every time they went there, not just amongst the people, but even in the leadership, it was like a matchmaking service. Ah. And so you have to define why you're going to church. I'm not coming. Listen, you're not going to church uh, primarily to meet people. You going primarily to, to meet the Lord. Right, right. To learn of the Lord, to grow in the Lord. And then from there, our fellowship is, is I'll say this. If, if, if we're going to grow in love as Christians, then we cannot avoid fellowship. Right. And a part, and some people avoid fellowship because sometimes some people are really weird. But that's a part of it. Your love grows when you meet people that's not like you. Right. And, and and you see, that's why we have all these churches that fellowship, and you have the white church, the black church, the Asian church. Is because what we're doing is we're we're trying to evade the responsibility of growing in love. That's good. So so we come to church. We define. I'm here to grow, to meet, uh, to get to know the Lord better, to learn of the Lord, to fellowship with other people, and it's in that fellowship, in this group fellowship. Uh, here comes the word again. Attraction stands out. Now, I want to use a, 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 something that's going to blow your mind. All right. We tend to overlook the fact that God designed physical beauty for the purpose of attraction. Hmm. I, I, listen hmm. to this. Attraction is stage one of affection. Okay. Ooh. It is. Listen, you, listen, I'm going to read a scripture to you from Isaiah 53. Here's what it says. Who has believed our, our message? To whom will the Lord reveal his saving power? This is Isaiah 53, verses 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot sprouting from a root in, in dry and sterile ground. Now listen to this. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. Wow. So so what you have to understand is, is that 
God designed, and that's why, well, you know, people, see, you saw these pictures of Jesus on the cross looking like, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's not, the Bible says when Jesus was crucified, his visage was marred more than any man, which mm. means was his face was disfigured to the point where he was not recognizable. Wow. And as a person, um, he was not a good looking person. The Bible says that mm. because God did not want anyone to be attracted to him for the wrong reason. And sometimes I'm going to tell you this right now. People say, well, I, I have this one uh, friend. She's a dear member of my church and she keeps telling me all the time, Pastor, I'm not classically beautiful. What does that mean? I'm not a classic beauty. Could it be that God did not give you a super beautiful face because he didn't want people to be attracted to you for the wrong reason? Oh, that's good. Oh, that, oh, man. You see what I'm saying? And 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 um and so and so uh I always t the Bible talks about even though a, a woman who's beautiful but that has horrible character, the Bible says that's a whole deceptive package. Yes. So beauty beauty has a, a um beauty and a, a majesty or power when God makes you a powerful person, they are attractive features. Mm. You know, the, uh, Deuteronomy 21, I'm going to read another scripture. It starts at verse 10. When thou goest forth to war against thine enemies, and the Lord thy God hath delivered, thee, delivered them rather into thine hands, and thou hast taken them captive. Here's what the, verse 11 says. And seest among the captives a beautiful woman, and hath a desire unto her that thou wouldest have her to thy wife. And he goes on, he says, he, he's really talking about, he said, you see a beautiful person and then you want her for a wife. It's, it desire, I mean, um, um, relationship, affection begins by this physical attraction or some type of attraction. Okay. Um, and so we have to be careful that, that um, when we are attracted to beautiful things. Or beautiful people. We have to understand that it's the beginning of something. Wherever right. I put my attention, my affection will follow. That's good. Wow. That's. I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not giving too much. No, 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 no. This is this is this is good, and this is a lot for people to think about because a lot of us have had no instruction when it comes to attraction, relationships, and things of that nature. So you end up just trial and error. And you right. end up learning things at the expense of a lot of broken hearts right. and a lot of hurt people. And so, right. yeah, go ahead. Gerard, you know what I was going to say real quickly before I forget this? Um, in the church, one of the biggest issues that I see is that we have not been, we have not taught, uh, our members have been taught by our leaders to recognize the difference between pure attraction and lust. We sure haven't. Because, but now I'm going to tell you this, because what Satan does is that he uses unchecked attraction to physical beauty as a weapon against the unsuspecting. Mm. So what, what happens is, is that a, a person, and now I'll be honest with you, I mean, beauty is beauty, but but a man, and even a woman, you have to be able to discern, okay, the, the, the first honest statement, that is a, a very attractive person. Mm. Number two, what am I attracted to? I'm attracted to their physical beauty. Okay, note to self, their physical beauty says nothing about who they are as a person. Right. That's the kind of maturity that you need to have to, to save yourself from falling into repeated acts of sexual sin. Because, because se sexual sin is, a, is a, a, such a devastating thing. Yeah. Um, the, but, you know, the Bible actually says that when, you, when we commit sexual sin, we sin against our own bodies. Right, right. But who, but who among us can say that we have not fallen uh, a time or two to this sin? Sure. We have. And, and, and the, the thing with it is, is, is that... When you when you look back at it, if you when you look back at how, how you did it, you were actually in a vulnerable place, and in your vulnerability, you made decisions about yourself and others that really displeased God and and, and, and uh, 
after the fact, it kind of disappointed you. Right. And and it may have harmed the other person if they were if they weren't um, suspecting that all this was was lust. Right. Right. Because attraction and lust are very close cousins. We got to be careful to to differentiate between that. Because here's the thing about uh, attraction: it could be the foundation of great affection. Mm-hmm. But if you think it's attraction and it's lust, the thing about lust is that lust wears off. Lust is a predator. Wow. It does. I mean, it is. Lust does. Lust will come. It will eat. It will dine. And then, after it's partaken of this particular meal, it doesn't want it anymore. And, and, and the whole mentality of the lust thing is it has to continually conquer and conquer and conquer. Mm. It gets tired really quickly. And so um, uh, you can't build any lasting relationship on lust. Right. Right. You got to discern the difference between lust and attraction. I hope, I hope this is not too deep for oh, the list. No, this is this is great. This is great, and and I imagine people are going to have to play this over and over again to really get this in their hearts to be able to help discern how they're doing things. I want to ask this question: Why do you think the church has not? taught more about this. It seems as though the only teaching the church gets, certainly when you're growing up, uh, and I, I, I laugh at this because when I grew up, they would teach us, um, you know, boys treat those girls like they're your sisters. Right. And okay, so, but there's a point where she doesn't look like my sister anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and and they've not prepared us for that, you know? So they tell the girls to keep their skirts, uh, you know, Pull, yeah. you know, keep your skirts low and all other, other stuff, you know, but they don't tell you about that moment when things switch. And so right. we then don't know how to manage attraction. And some of us may have beaten ourselves up over things that perhaps a teaching like this would have helped us to go, oh, OK, so I'm not some some person filled with lust. I'm just recognizing something beautiful and I don't right. have to. It's almost like, you know, if, if we deal with food, if, if you get an appetite for, you know, something sweet, it doesn't mean that you have to have the whole cake. That's good. You know, maybe it's just all right. Maybe I just need a forkful. You know, I don't need to go and bake an entire cake and sit with this cake for a week. Not if I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> or maybe there's some sort of sweet alternative that I can eat that's healthy, that that cares for that craving. Or maybe I just need to learn how to manage, you know, hey, this is – okay, when I see this and it makes me think of cake, this is how I have to respond to it. So the question then is why isn't this talked about more in in churches? Because I think it would help people. Right. You know, I think first of all – and, and the, the, the simple answer is actually the right answer is that most – um, people who gravitate to leadership or even answers a call, um, they, they don't, they don't know. Right. And and here's why they don't know. They, they, they don't they don't know because of the way they read the Bible. It's not what the mm-hmm. Bible says; it's the way they read it. Wow. I think a, a major problem in the church is is that one of the things that we don't do well in the church is teach the people what the church is. Wow. That's you, you know, is it, the church really? I mean, it's a family. Right. I mean. I mean, and when I say it's a family, it's, it's like most of the people that come to a church. Well, no, let me say it like this. The, the people who are saved, when we come to church, um, we have been salvaged from a, from a, a wreck of a life. Right. And, and we're in the process of sanctification, which means is that God is God is actually um, fixing us. Okay. 
in, in, in that whole scenario, in that whole atmosphere or environment, um, it has to be repeated to us that we're all under construction. Uh, um, we, we all need something. To, there's something wrong with all of us. Right. Okay. So, so even when you, you made, you made a, a very hilarious analogy of when, <laughs> when the sister stops looking like my sister. Right. You, but you know, um, um, when you read the book of Ecclesiastes, another song of Solomon, where there's, there's a point where Solomon is addressing his attraction to the Shunammite woman. Uh, and he says to her, um, my sister, my spouse, mm. my sis- he says again, my sister, my spouse. There has to be a part of, I think that the most um, um, effective and fulfilling relationships come from that sister, my spouse re- relationship where, where um, there's a healthy respect being built into a man to protect the chastity of the woman or the women in, in the church or the women that he comes into contact with. He wants to make sure that he does, does not uncover them prematurely. He does not unco- uncover them without a, a, a covenant. And then she, in turn, sees him as her brother, her spouse. And her thing with him is, I don't want you to compromise your integrity. Hmm. Because when it comes out, they're going to see you differently. And, 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 and when we, if we do this, we're going to see each other differently. Let's not do this to one another. Yes, the attraction is strong. And, and, and listen, and I'm going to tell you, if you're a mature Christian, you've had those conversations with people. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, it'd be easy for us to run up and get a hotel room or do whatever. But, but what, what are we going to do next? Right. This, this is a song that, that Mint Condition did um, years ago. Um, and I just recently came into the lyrics of the song. What kind of man would I be? That's the song. Right? If I lived unfaithfully. And what kind of girl would you be if you, if you did the same? Right. You know, the, it, I think it's a good song to study the lyric of it because the, the, um, the, and the story behind the song is amazing. If you watch the unsung episode of, of Men Condition, mm-hmm. um, they, they were talking about how um, this guy was a keyboard player in Men Condition and he met this girl. Yeah. But he was married. Wow. And, and, um, and, and he was telling her, listen, you know, he said, you're married. I'm married. If we did this, what kind of people would it make us? And I'm be honest with you. We all have been in a situation where we look back and say, you know what? I wish I had done this differently. Right. Right. So, so I, think, I think, yes, the, the, the big issue is we have not taught, we've not been taught, or we have, and we have not taught the people how to see the church as this family of people that we actually are there to, to love and love covers. We cover and protect each other. And the first thing we have to protect each other from is compromise. That's so good. Man, the, le- the level of sobriety that needs to happen <laughs> for that. that that's, that's one of those things that I think, you, you know, it's, it, but it's really like anything else. It's like fitness. It's like nutrition. It's like work. It's a decision that you have to make before. Yes. Like it can't be one of those things where you figure, oh, I'm going to decide in the moment because none of us are strong enough to decide no. in that moment. Like we're not, you know, it, it just doesn't work that way. So, so for the person who is trying to figure out now, all right, well, I'm not getting this teaching from my church. Um, and I've just heard this that talks about how I, you know, look at where I'm at and should I date multiple people or should I, you know, manage this attraction? What do you say to the person? Well, Okay, this is the question I want to ask. How long does it take for a person to determine if they are attracted to someone's quality or to that person? This, you know, my answer to that would be this. All, as long as it takes for you to get to your first disagreement, your first major disagreement. Aha. Uh-huh. 
because that's the litmus test. That is. Adversity, adversity is a litmus test of, of our relationship. Yeah. Because because once because it could be a speed bump. Right. Or, or it could be a little hill or it could be a massive mountain or it could be a mountain range. Mm hmm. Um, you, you're attracted to the qualities, but but the, the negative qualities tend to overshadow the positive qualities and how you balance those two in your mind. Like, like, like you know, my, I'm going to laugh at this. My wife, she probably she's going to hear this podcast, but I have to say this. My wife is gorgeous. I mean, beautiful, kind. But she has a thing with her when she <laughs> when my wife gets uh, to feeling mm -hmm. she stops thinking. Aha. Uh -huh. I mean, and, yeah. and I have to. The first time it happened, I said, what is that thing that you just did? Right. <laughs> said, what was that? What, what just happened? Where's where, where my baby? Where, where's she at? Right. And so what I had to learn to do was I had to learn that. that and, and here's the thing. She's a thinker, not a feeler. Wow. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I got it backwards. She's a feeler, not a thinker. Okay. And so what it means is she, 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 she's very intuitive. She's, she, she can feel things and, and they'd be right. But, and now she, she can think, but she can't do them at the same time. Okay. And it's, 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 I'm, this, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. I'm a thinker. But when I get the feeling, I have learned over the years to channel my thoughts through my feeling. I mean, you have to, you have to, this is something that you have to learn about yourself. Yes. What happens to us is when we admire qualities in people and we see this contradiction that happens in them, then we have to kind of decide whether or not the, the positive quality they have is enough to offset this contradiction because everyone that's part of the human condition we all have a contradiction about us oh, this is so so good i hope you guys have been taking notes and if not plan to replay this one i feel like you're gonna need to there's so much good in this hey listen i want to hear it we both want to hear your thoughts on what you've heard today so do us a favor hit us up on social media and use the hashtag heart to heart that's h-a-r-t the number two and then h-e-a-r-t share your thoughts share your comments share your questions that way and uh, certainly we would love to be able to address them on a future episode of Heart to Heart. You've got it locked to On Course with Heart Ramsey.